0: Hello and welcome to CORE Women. My name is Dr. Summer Watson and I'm the founder of CORE Women and I'm also an empowerment strategist for women. So if you're listening to this podcast to delve more into empowerment strategies, well, you're here for the right reason. However, CORE Women was also developed because it's a special place that provides a unique idea of home for the hearts and souls of women. It's a place for us to share our strength, energy, wisdom, and authenticity It's a place for women to find support and strategic empowerment ideas that will help support their lives. Today on the show, I'd like to welcome Katie Calhoun. Her musical journey is unique and inspiring. She started singing in a Baptist church at 10 years old. However, she wanted to go into acting, and while on a musical theater tour in Scotland, one of the panel of judges told Katie she was not an actor, but rather a singer. Well, Katie was a bit disappointed by this, but this did not hold her back at all. Let's get right into talking about your exciting and diverse journey, Katie, and welcome. Thank you so
1: much, Summer, for having me. I appreciate you.
0: Absolutely. And thank you for being on the Core Women podcast today, Katie. So, let's talk about your journey by starting where I left off. When you were 10, where did you where did you then go? Like, you went on this journey in Scotland and then what happened when you came back and you realized, okay, you know what? I want to maybe parlay my acting into singing. I want to, you know, because you were also, when you got out of high school or were getting out of high school, weren't you accepted into the New York school in film and television school?
1: Yes. Well, while I was in Scott, we took a musical. I was a part of the Oak Grove drama department and I was dead set on being an actress. That's when I enrolled in New York school of film and television I was ready to go. And then the summer before college, we took a musical to Scotland. And while we were there, you have judges that judge you after your performance. And it's a big deal. (laughs) And after this one particular show, the judge said, Who played Little Red? And I raised my hand. And she pointed to me and said, You're a singer. You need to be singing. And then went on to the next critiques. And I was just like, Blown away. I was like, my world is, is changing again. I had an idea of what I wanted to do and now it's shifted. Wow. So we ended up, um, the day before I moved to New York, I had a huge change of heart, obviously, right. and ran down the stairs and I was like, dad, let's go to Nashville. I'm going to push this singing thing, which he was thrilled at because everybody in my family knew, um, I was born to sing and then I just, it was different being uh, being young, and I have a very soulful voice, and it's mature, and as a kid, that was hard to navigate through, so that, that and it was, you know, young kids all want to be alike, you know, Absolutely. that phase oh, yeah. that girls go through,
0: Absolutely. so
1: I was heavily influenced with the, uh, my friends and what they were doing. They were very athletic, and I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> so I, um, I just kind of repelled it. But when the acting thing came, it felt right to do that. And then, but the singing is just a natural, God-given gift that I have. That I actually got from my grandmother, who was a huge singer. Um, I mean, should have been a huge star, but. It was a different generation where you get married, you have kids and you raise them. That total, you know, that era.
0: Oh, absolutely.
1: So um, women didn't really work then. So she gave up her dream. And when I was born and they realized I have that same gift, everybody was kind of pushing it on me where it was like almost intimidating. That also played a factor in it as well. But hey... Your family, Uh, they know. (laughs) Right.
0: And it's so awesome that you have such a supportive family unit who were like, Okay, you don't want to go to New York, but you want to go to Nashville, let's do this.
1: Okay, let's do it. (laughs) And a week later I was in Nashville and didn't know a soul. I was 17 and it has just been the best city to live in as a young adult. And I mean, I've learned so much regarding music because there's uh, like with the studio industry, like like recording. It's a different process than playing a playing a um a show with a band and right. singing. Like it's just two totally different worlds. And I never been introduced to the studio world, and I was blessed to meet someone who introduced it to me and was like, "Hey." You can sing. Why don't you? Then I remember he goes. Do you know how to do harmony? And I was like, (laughs) "Uh, I could probably figure it out. I mean, I did choir plenty growing up. And uh, but you get in the studio and you put headphones on, and you're finding a harmony part. It's a lot different, but it's an awesome learning tool for singers to to grow and learn what parts to sing and how, and, and be okay to met. It's okay to sound awful at times to hunt for, we, I call it fishing. I'm fishing for my notes. <laughs> like when I first hear a part and want to stack it and I'm like, look, y'all just give me a second. I got to hear it twice. And then I got it. That's but true. that comes with, comes with experience too. But it's um, the best thing in the world was being in the studio, hearing my voice, sculpting it and figuring out what sets like what sets me apart as a singer because and we uh, we talked about this earlier absolutely that um that singers tend to sound the same
0: right and
1: it's hard as an artist what makes you stand out and when I moved to town, I sounded like Tina Turner. I had, and it was awesome. like, <laughs> I'm not kidding. It was just like her. And then, um, and then I remember the engineer buzzed in. He goes, all right, Katie, you can sing. There's no doubt, but we got to get the <laughs> Tina Turner out your voice <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> and see what Katie Calhoun sounds like.
0: Right. And, and, and that- I was like, what?
1: so five years later I figured out what Katie Calhoun sounded like and it's um it took a lot it's a lot easier too because Tina is a big singer and she uses her whole body which I use my whole body to sing but you don't have to project like like I was projecting really really big like I didn't have a microphone almost, wow. and that comes from my mamaw because her they didn't have microphones then, and she had coaches that taught you how to sing loud,
0: right. and
1: it, I mean that's a whole other way of singing. So I had that built in my system from her, and then I learned how to not use big volume but control my voice and and sing with the softer parts, and it just changes. I mean everything changes. And that's how I've discovered what I sound like and what sets me apart. And it's not the big, big vocals and um, ballads, which I love a good ballad. But um, I was fascinated with how I just totally shifted from from when I moved here to how I am now. It's two totally different people.
0: Well, I I am going to get to this question because it aligns with what you're saying. I want you to describe your musical sound, because it, your voice is your instrument, your look and how this has evolved. Because as you're saying here, you know, from the time that you arrived at what, 17 in Nashville, it is yes a number of years later and you've got more wisdom. You've had more exposure to the industry and you are who you are you know you have developed into not just a brand but into Katie Calhoun so tell us about that tell us about your musical sound your look and how this has evolved
1: in the beginning i didn't have i was young and i didn't know how to write a song i didn't know what a bass like the bass guitar i didn't even know what that sounded like or an electric guitar because when i listened to music I heard it as a whole, which the public listens to music as a whole. But when you're creating music, you have to listen to it in layers and each instrument and then figure out which parts need to need to be there, which ones need to go away. And I mean, it's just a lot of learning in that regard. So I wasn't a songwriter when I first moved here because I had so much to learn. I was just eager for knowledge Now I'm a songwriter. I've lived a little (laughs) and gone through a lot of relationships, which most songs are pulled from relationships. And I started with hiring a marketing team and a person, a manager, and having her and she actually, her name's Kimberly Douglas, who's my manager. She Help style my my look, and she was like, "Katie," and we were friends for two years before we started working together. And she was like, "You are a country Southern biscuit, and we need <laughs> to enhance this." And she goes, "I have an idea for you, and it is a rocking cool look. It's very." She goes, "You've never." She said, "Just trust me, and let's play." So we ended up going to all these vintage stores, and I had never been vintage shopping. So, I mean, my idea of vintage shopping was like going to the Goodwill or something. Right. No, there is a huge industry with vintage clothes and one of a kind pieces. I mean, it's so cool and retro. So we started p- going. We probably went to fifteen stores between Nashville and Memphis, and created this this wardrobe to fit my sound, which is now like this record that I released in February It's titled Unhitch. And it's it's definitely I went through a divorce, and it touches on that. It's unhitching from bad juju, basically. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, but there's two. I do have two love songs in there, so because mm-hmm. you know, ups and downs, you got to have you up, yeah, So, right. with this record, it's more pop. So I was like, okay, well, that gives us a huge freedom because country music, there's you know, a pretty standard look with country music, but with pop, right. you have full freedom artistic. Look, so we went full vintage and hair and makeup, and with this this lady who did we hired to do my hair and makeup, Alicia George in Memphis. She she did, and she had a lot of experience with doing television and photography. So uh, she did my makeup, and then we said, all right, we want a bouffant hair, and biggest hair you can make, and she. She didn't mess around. She went <laughs> huge with it, right? And I was just floored. And the bigger she made my hair, the more my soul was like, "This is who I am. This is who I'm supposed to be." Awesome. And and uh, and Kimberly had an idea. She was like, "Okay, one of the shots, you need to be in an emerald green dress, and we're gonna put you in a like a swamp, like a um, it's just is gonna be outside." we're going to give you a shotgun, your hair is going to be like a mad woman, we're going to have pearls on, it's just going to be brilliant, so I was like, okay, all right, well, let's go hunt this emerald green dress, and then sure enough, there we were, we were vintage shopping, and we stopped for lunch, and in Memphis, and this, um, this, there was a bridal store that was right there, and we just happened to look in there, and then there was like the 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 choir sang, and the green dress was just hanging right there. (laughs) No way! And I was like, "Are you see?" And I was like, "This is a bridal. What a random piece to have in here." So uh, tried it on, and it sold. I was like, "Oh, we got the dress, we got the hair, we got the pearls, and." It's own, and then of course Kimberly had the shotgun, and um, and the photographer was like, "Okay, when you hold the shotgun, I want you to make the face that you make when you're like looking through the barrel, you know, how you wink." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're, and then and then so he goes, but pull the gun all the way down, and then keep the face though. Right. <laughs> so I was like, it felt so wrong, and then I looked at the photo, and I was like, oh my god, winner. I'm in love with this look. This is amazing. Oh, my God. Oh, man. With all that wild hair. Because she almost did, like, pigtails that were just, like, these crazy pieces.
0: Right.
1: So, Uh, that was, like, it was freezing, but I had so much fun.
0: To mention that in your pigtails. You know, listeners, you've got to go to the Instagram page with Katie Calhoun because she'll she'll actually give you a tutorial of how to do crazy hair. (laughs)
1: <laughs> well I was asked so many times people were like how do you do your hair and I I literally wear my hair in a huge blue every single day I go to the grocery store later after the fall and I have a big phone on right now wow. <laughs> like, you never know who you're <laughs> gonna run into and True. um and I mean I just have random people come up to me and that's like how I've been trying to grow my fan base is you know walking billboard and if you do something outrageous people will come up to you and ask, how How do you do this? And I'm like, well, I have a card. <laughs>
0: follow yeah. me. Yeah. I mean, seriously, they've got to follow you because your video doing your hair is awesome. I was so entertained by it. I couldn't stop watching. So <laughs> it's great. And I, and I absolutely love your look. I love the color, the contrast. And, you know, as you're talking about this, Katie, one of the things that comes to mind is that you never really gave up totally acting because no, kind of like <laughs> aligns with this whole brand and makeup and hair and, and your persona. And yet you're still true to who you are. You're awesome yeah. and beautiful and just absolutely precious. So um oh, thank you. Absolutely. Let's talk about your most recent release, Unhitch, <laughs> and the seven songs on that album and about it being a journey of breakup and heartache and married with some brilliant production so talk about that
1: okay so I hired Margaret Becker to be my producer and she is a well-known she was in the Christian market forever okay and had a ton of success as a Christian singer and then she's become a huge producer in town and she's a redhead and I love redheads (laughs) because um have you I don't know if you know of Unsinkable Molly Brown yes there's like an old movie yes and there's the the emerald she wears this emerald green dress and she's got this short red hair and she's just like tomboy all like with the boots and just like kicking her feet out all right anyway (laughs) side story so when I met Mark Maggie I call her Maggie she has that red hair and that just like that tomboy like I am gonna kick you out of here if you mess with me kind of attitude she'd be just (laughs) so adorable and so we hit it off immediately and I um my we actually met at my hair salon my best friend does my hair
0: okay and
1: she was uh the one who introduced me to Maggie and so Maggie's getting her hair done and then Debbie says uh Katie why don't play your music for Maggie some of your new songs and then I started playing my stuff and then Maggie goes let me hear another one all right I want to hear another one And, um, and that's really how it all started. I said, well, give me your number. Let's line this up. Right. Get it done. with Unhitch, we, I played probably, I had about 20 songs at the time to choose from. And we went through all the songs and picked seven that sounded like together. Like they all kind of had a theme. There's all relationship related. And, um, they kind of had the same kind of sound right. They could be produced in the, in the same sound. And so my, like if we start, like, let me see. One of the tracks, the last track on the song, Charlie, I wrote that one a couple years ago, maybe four or five years ago um, and then hit a writer's block and couldn't write for a few years until I started meditating and going through like all my like self discovery and doing a lot of the inner work and then i started writing again which wow. then the whole bulk of this record came after that but charlie is the only one that's like a little different uh oh interesting story with unhitch okay so so I, so so we picked out the seven songs but then like a day de- the next day i was writing and i wrote three songs into one and I went over to Maggie's house. I said, all right, I'm throwing you a curveball. I just wrote another. <laughs> I just wrote something really good. I think it needs to, it's needs. it got potential to go on the record. We need to replace something. Right. So I played her this song because I'm an audio engineer. I did all the music and oh, everything okay. else, but it's literally three songs in one. Wow. And she goes, all right, let's use this chunk, this chunk, and this chunk. And she goes, Katie, I think this is going to be the, the title of your album. Un-hitch. And wow. I was like, ooh, and the hook is, it feels good, you know it does, and it's just like you going. and I'm like, oh, it just feels so good, man, right. I keep saying it, it feels so good. <laughs> and so we just, we went with it, and um, so it actually became the main, the title.
0: Right. It's amazing how that works. It is amazing. You've got so much great energy. I absolutely love it, and I love your story. I love all that you're doing this new album is amazing i listened to some of your songs so you've been in nashville si- since you were 17 you've played some of the yeah. most well-known honky tonks like tootsies rippies silver dollar saloon the famous saloon you know honky tonk central tequila cowboy big shoots you name it right so how yeah. are you strategizing your next step your neck, next steps of your musical journey
1: <laughs> well <laughs> good question so I started writing my next album, which uh, Kimberly called me and said, Katie, I need this next record to be country. She goes, Katie, let's just face it, you are a country sister. I mean, with your bouffant hair, your huge accent, there is no denying you are country. And we've been trying to push this pop record for a while, which is doing great. But this next record, you, you know, you're constantly having to rotate and keep creating. So oh, I've been spending the last four months writing on this next one. And it is country. And I'm super excited about it. I'm like, it's these songs. I They're so good. I want to like go ahead and pitch them to like Maren Morris or uh, Casey Musgrave. Somebody who can just right. go ahead and put it out there now because they're just so like yummy right. and fun. <laughs> So, um, but yeah, so I'm writing and I'm also trying to get into, um, touring and opening for another artist, particularly a male artist. That's what I'm looking for. Okay. And it's, um, it's a, you know, it's a process and then doing corporate, more corporate shows because I've done the honky tonks. I know what that scene looks like right. and what happens is you can easily get stuck into that scene People, because right. they get attracted to the money. Right. And as a musician, you're, you're, you're living day to day and yes. that money looks good, but your, your career, you're not going to meet industry people playing at all these clubs. Right. So another strategy I've done lately is playing at airports or at, you know, the Nashville um, yeah. airport, international airport.
0: Such a great idea.
1: It is awesome because all of a sudden you're breaking everything down. It's just me and acoustic. And I play with a friend of mine. His name's Jeremy Dean. He plays acoustic. He's actually the one that introduced it to me and invited me to play with him. And now I'm like hooked. And I've met more industry people there and you can create a relationship when you're, when you're more intimate right and you can tell stories and people can get to know you and if you haven't noticed i'm a storyteller so I, I, I just i connect with more people there than i would play in for a big crowd down on broadway because people are partying and they're not really looking right. to follow so you know what i mean so it's yeah. just a different dynamic absolutely but this is more of a business place, and I'm on the, like, everybody that I, you never know who's coming in there either. Oh, absolutely. We had, uh, Eric Church sat in for an hour as he sat at the bar, and I, he had his sunglasses on the whole time, (laughs) and I about didn't recognize him, but I was just like, see, like, you just, it's crazy how you don't just simply playing at the airport. Absolutely. So, I've been doing that, songwriters nights, writing. And, but I'm still, I'm, and I'm actively looking for a booking agent so that I can play bigger stages and get my tour really pumped up and beefed up. But it, I mean, it's a process. I mean, it's just ugh, it's a lot of phone calls.
0: It's a, it's a process. It's a process. And, and you're making it happen though. You are absolutely making it happen. So if, well, yes. if you wanted to collaborate with somebody, who would you like to collaborate with? What would your be your dream collaboration?
1: Oh, Sia, for sure. Gotcha. She's pop. Yes. <laughs> She's amazing. Yeah. Her story was actually fascinating too. I mean, she was ready to give up. And now, and I read in an article that somebody was like, "Who?" somebody she was working with, like he was doing more of like the, um, the A&R stuff was like, you're, you're, what was it? Something about it takes you two minutes to do what takes, it takes you two minutes or 15 minutes to write a song and, and us, it takes us two weeks to get, uh, get everything started and processed. And she said, it took me 15 years to take 15 minutes. And I was just like, wow. it takes 15 years to take 15 minutes. I deserve my payout, you know this. I worked my butt off to get here. Yeah, and I've lived a lot, and
0: yeah,
1: here I am. Right, I deserve this. I worked. <laughs> I worked to get here. Absolutely, and yeah, you go. I'm, I'm just like, wow. I just love that statement. Right, it's so true though. You got to live and work and hustle and and, and then and then you courageous. get your
0: result. Yeah, and be courageous. Oh,
1: gosh, yes. Yeah. Right? Because Absolutely.
0: a lot of this was unknown to you, yet if you didn't start, you would, would not be where you are today. And right. You know what I mean? So if you look back, a lot of times people will say, don't look back. But many times you have to glance back just to see how far you've come and go, you know what? I've come so far. Why am I stopping? <laughs> yeah. You know?
1: Right, right. And every now and then, you know, that voice that's like, oh my gosh, I'm ready to just quit. I've got to just quit. I could, I could easily go take this route and everything would line up and it's the easier road. But then I remember like when you get to that point, that means you are so close to crossing the next level to the right. next level of whatever you're pursuing. And that, that's what keeps me, I mean, I literally, like, at least once a week, I'm like, all right, Katie, what are we going to, and I'm like, no, no, that means we're about to cross threshold, let's do it, let's do it, (laughs) keep going. I
0: absolutely love that, Katie, you're absolutely right, because, you know, once you get to that point, it's like the pinnacle, and it's like, you're not going to fall off that mountain, you're going to keep going, like, you are going to keep going, and just have the courage, and keep at it, you know, and, What you're doing is you're re strategizing, you're diversifying your music, you've got a a really dynamic look, which I absolutely love. So, with all that said, and you've already given a ton of wisdom in your words here, but last question what words of wisdom can you leave the listeners with today? If it was just a piece, what would you say to them?
1: Thank you. It's saying thank you to people that critique you, that give you advice, that tell you things that are hard to hear. And instead of like the, the best response is to say thank you and use it and not be offended. Don't get like, take it personally, like use that knowledge to get to the next level. And it's, th- that's, and I actually learned that when I was in high school. And when I was in my, in the theater department and that was freshman year, she taught us where anytime you get a critique from anybody, you say, thank you. And it has transformed, it's transformed like who I am and how I feel about myself. And I'm not so hard on myself.
0: Right. I love that. I absolutely love that. Well, you know what? Thank you, Katie, for joining me on the Core Women podcast today.
1: Of course. Well, thank you for having me. I've absolutely enjoyed myself.
0: Thank you. I always enjoy talking (laughs) to you. Always. If you'd like to know more about Katie Calhoun, please follow her on Facebook, Instagram, and at katiecalhoun.com. And check out her music on iTunes and Bandcamp. If you need a strategic empowerment coach, contact me. If you want to tell your story of empowerment or how you have reconstructed your life to drive change, Send me a video or an email of your story, providing permission to use it on my social media platforms. If you want to be featured on my podcast, reach out to me at info at I want to hear from you and to get to know you. You are now part of the Core Women Home. Let's get to know each other. Let's learn from one another. Please follow Core Women on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Please let your women friends know about this podcast. If you write about Core Women in your social media posts, please hashtag core women. This is all about women. Thank you for taking the time to learn more about core women and please stay tuned for continued growth of the core women movement. Let's grow and drive change together.